Hello, this is Basil Howard Brown, and welcome to Messages of Revival. I'm so excited to share this word with you right now. I believe it's a timely one and will minister the love of Jesus to you. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and all things have become new. God is good. And remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. God bless. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3. Verse 16 says, By this we come to know, progressively to recognize, to perceive, to understand the essential love that He laid down His own life for us. How many of you know Jesus has done that for us already? Laid down His own life for us. And we ought to lay our lives down for those who are our brothers in Him. Notice the Bible says we ought to lay down our lives for those, not lay down their lives. I think the body of Christ have, have misunderstood that scripture. And so they want to lay everybody else's life down. The Bible says we ought to lay our own lives down for those who are our brothers in Him. But if we have this world's good goods or resources for sustaining life and sees his brother or fellow worker or believer in need, yet closes his heart of compassion against him, how can the love of God live and remain in him? Now, yeah, here's a fact. When you, when you get saved, obviously God changes your heart, and obviously there's a love that God drops in our heart for other people, because it's really the love of God that, that we get it. We get it drawn to the love of Jesus and what He did for us, and that same love falls in our heart. And yes, a fact, if you're a giver and a sower, you have to be operating in love. Because that's part of the love walk. Giving and sowing is part of the love walk. If you're not a giver and sower, I normally just tell people, look, get saved. Because when you get saved, you get set free. Hello? Now, I understand, you know, and that's probably a little harsh because some people you know, just don't understand the Word. They've never been taught the Word, and they don't know what the Word of God says concerning their giving. But the fact still remains, the Bible says, if you have the resources for sustaining life, and you close your heart to the needs and the wants of others, you don't have the love of God on the inside of you. That's a little harsh, but that's what the Word of God says. See, here's the thing. <clears throat> we are under a new covenant, a better covenant based upon better promises, where we don't have to keep the Ten Commandments as such. This is what we have to do. There's only one commandment, and that's the commandment of love. When you keep the commandment of love, you'll keep the Ten Commandments. Because you won't kill somebody if you love them. You won't steal from them. Hello? I mean, if you love somebody, that's, you're going to take care of them. You're going to do whatever you can for them. Amen. Verse 18 says, Little children, let us not love merely in theory or in speech. It's easy to love in theory. It's easy to love in speech. Talk is cheap. Talk don't mean a thing. Hello. It's almost like people want to hear the nice words. Well, I want to see some action. Actions speak a lot louder than words. Amen. Let us not love merely in, in theory or in speech, but in deed and in truth, in practice and sincerity. I teach people this. If you say, I have faith in God, and I have faith in the Word, then you're telling me you're doing what the Word of God tells you to do. 
if we come across somebody that is sick in their body and we, our thoughts are, well, you know, I don't know if they're going to get healed when I pray for them. We are not doing what the Word of God says. The Bible says, if you believe, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The, the signs and the wonders and miracles will follow those that believe. Well, if I believe in Jesus, I have faith in Him. And because I believe in Him and I have faith in Him, I will act upon what He said. I, I can't say that I have faith in God if I can't act upon the Word of God. It's taking that step of faith. That's what we have to do. God is waiting for the children, His children, to take a step of faith. Once we take the step of faith, then it frees God up to do what He said in the Word He'd do. Amen. People going, oh, we're waiting for God to come through. No, 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 He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. God doesn't have a backlog in heaven. He, you know, He's not like, you know, the IRS and they're about seven years behind. No, He's right on time. He's, he knows exactly what's going on. We take that step of faith. He honors His Word. We practice what the Word of God says. The Bible says don't only be a hearer of the Word, but be a doer of the Word. A doer is somebody who does something based upon what the Word of God says. Verse 19 says, But by this we shall come to know, perceive, recognize, and understand that we are of the truth. We can uh, reassure our hearts in His presence. Whenever our hearts in self-accusation make us feel guilty and condemn us, for He is above and greater than our conscience and our hearts, and He knows, perceives, understands everything, nothing is hidden from Him. Let me say this, the, the, the body of Christ has professions. People say things to God and they don't really mean it. Because if you say something to God, you better mean what you say, because I can tell you now, God will hold you to it. I made a comment one day. I was still working, 93, I was still working for my brother Rodney. And he had just received a, an offering for an evangelist. And I made a comment just in my heart. Never told my wife, never told anybody, never told a soul. I said, Lord, one day there's coming a day when, when my brother Rodney will be in my meeting and I'm going to receive an offering. Because I'd seen him do this numerous times just to receive offerings for different ministries and evangelists. And I said, Lord, there's coming a day when he'll be in my meetings and I will receive an offering for him. And that was 93. 95, our camp meeting. He calls me and he says, oh, by the way, I'm coming into your camp meeting. And uh, as I put the phone down, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, now, you remember that promise you made? <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of freaked me out. I was like, wow, that was like 93. And really, to be honest with you, I'd already forgotten about it. Because, you know, you make, a, make a, a, really a thought or a, a, a remark out of your spirit. And, I mean, if you don't make a note of it, you know, what, how are you going to remember a year, year and a half, two years later? You're not going to remember what you said. But the Holy Spirit did. And so I thought to myself, well, here's the thing. I've got two, two opportunities here, two chances or two different things I can do. I can either take up the offering for Him or leave it. And I thought, here's the thing. If the Holy Spirit reminded me that quickly of it, then it better be important. It has to be important. So I better do it and get myself off the hook. And that taught me a lesson. Don't say something to God if you don't mean it. Amen. Don't say you'll do something for God if, you don't, if you're just saying it. 
Because here's the thing, God knows your heart. He knows, he knows if you're going to do it or not. That's like, that's like having somebody come around you and they always promise. Have you ever hung around liars before and they just, they'll say something to you and you know, my Lord, this is just a flat, downright lie. They're just telling you a lie. I mean, it's just, have you ever been around people like that? You always kind of, it's always like an unstable situation and you never really know what's happening because they're always lying. Ever been around people that have a, like really good intentions? <laughs> and they oh yeah, we'll do it for you, oh yeah, and you take six months later, still haven't done it. Hey, I'm, I'm coming to do that for you. Hey, I'm going to, after a while, it's like, just, you know, forget it, man. Ever been around people like that before? Now, here's the thing. We know how we feel when people are like that to us. Imagine how God must feel when we are like that to God. If we keep on making these professions, God will do this, God will do that, God will, and we never do it. Why would God trust us with anything else? It all comes down to being faithful with God, faithful with the Word, and faithful with what God's called us to do. Amen. Be faithful in the little, I'll make you rule over much. Well, people want the much, but they don't want to go through the little. Talk is cheap, it's easy to say something. But we've got to follow up with what we say. Especially, especially when it comes to the things of God. Especially. You know, people want this, this great blessing of God upon their life, but they're not committed to what God said to do. It all comes, everything comes down to being faithful. Amen. I want to be faithful with what God has me doing right now. All right, verse 21 says, And beloved, if our conscience or our hearts... Do not accuse us if they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us. Now listen to this carefully. This is one of the reasons why people get upset in the meetings. When you start to preach and teach on giving and you begin to share the word of God, the word of God starts going down into the heart of man and because the life is not right, the heart of man starts condemning that person or convicting that person saying, hey, your life is not right. You need to make some adjustments. You're not a giver. you just what the preacher said. You're a thief. Well, nobody wants to hear that. When you read the Word of God and your life doesn't line up with the Word, God, the anointing of God automatically starts working on your heart. Why? Because God wants you to change, line up with the Word so that God can bless you. Look at this. The Bible says, <clears throat> if, our, if our conscience or our hearts do, does not accuse us, we have confidence, complete assurance, and boldness before God. I cannot go boldly on what somebody else has told me, but I can go boldly based upon what the Word of God says. If God said this in the Word, I can go boldly to Him based upon what He said. If I am doing what He said in the Word, I cannot go to God and say, God, you promised me in your Word that you will open up the windows of heaven and you said you'd pour me out a blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. I cannot go and tell him that if I don't tithe and give. If I'm not a tither and I'm not a sower, I'm telling you now I have no right to take that promise and go boldly to the throne and say, hey God, what about this? That's what people are doing. They're going, hey God, what about this? And then God doesn't come through for them. And then they say the prosperity message doesn't work. Then they blame God for everything. You can't blame God for anything. Verse 22 says, 
and we receive from him whatever we ask. So let me go back to verse 21 because it was a while ago since we read it. And beloved, if our conscience or our hearts do not accuse us or make us feel guilty or condemn us, we have, we have a, a confidence, complete assurance and boldness before God. And, if we, and we receive from him whatever we ask. You've got to ask. Whatever you ask of God, you will receive. If you are doing what the Word of God says. You're, you, here's the thing. When, you, when you're a giver and a sower, and that's your lifestyle, your motive is always right. You're not giving to get, you're giving to be a blessing. Some people in church, they give to get. Well, let me give and see what I can get. I had one guy, uh, you know, miracles happened. Just, just incredible stuff happened. But all he had was, he had $5 to his name. That was it. No, nothing else. And he challenged God. He said, if my wife gives her $5, because she had $5 as well, if my wife gives her $5, i will give my 5 These guys didn't even tithe. Within the space of 24 hours, God turned their whole life around. Within the space of four days, I mean, I'm talking about thousands of dollars have been paid off in their business. Just with giving her five dollars. The last I heard, the guy bought himself a brand new Cadillac and just blessed of God. And it just bust through in one of the meetings. Never tithed, never gave. Got mad with me because I was preaching on tithing on a Sunday morning. Mad, mad. Come back Monday night and just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to just see what happens, you know. He's still seeing what's happened. I mean, if God can do it for him, he can do it for you. Amen. I mean, he had a bad attitude. Hello. <laughs> Hallelujah. Fortunately, you know, I can be a little bolder than most people because I'm a little bit bigger than most people. Amen. <laughs> I mean, if I was about five foot four, I, I wouldn't be that bold. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says, yeah, and we receive from him whatever we ask because... We obey his orders, we observe his suggestions, we follow his plan for us, and practice what is pleasing to him. In other words, we've seen what the Word of God says, we obey his orders, his suggestions. You know, most of the stuff in the Word of God is a suggestion. Hey, I, I, I recommend, you know, here's my recommendation, here's my suggestion, choose life. I mean, I get so embarrassed when I even think about that scripture. You know, God said, you know, yeah, I recommend you choose life. I mean, what are the choices there? Death? Are we actually going to sit down and debate whether we want to choose life or death? I mean, there is only one choice. Life is the only choice. Yet so many people choose death. Prosperity is the only choice. Yet so many people choose, you know, poverty, lack. Victory is the only choice, yet people choose defeat. Well, this is my lot in life. No, it's not your lot in life. Your lot in life is to be blessed and be set free and full of the Holy Ghost, on fire for God, full of the joy of the Lord, having a strong marriage. That's your lot in life. Walk in the fullness that God has for you in the Word. That's your lot in life. Not defeated, not sickly in your body, not, not running around like a you know, chicken with a head chopped off, don't know what's going to happen next, don't know where you're going to pay your bills. That's a bunch of garbage. That's the devil keeping you in bondage. Hello. Hallelujah. So if you ask, we receive from him whatever we ask. 
You can ask God because you do what the Word of God says. You can ask Him boldly. How many of you full well expect to get to heaven? I mean, it's just a done deal. I mean, that's it. You can come with that boldness and say, huh, I'm, I'm going to heaven. I mean, that's it. I ain't going to hell. I'm going to live like, like I should be living, do what I have to do. I am going to heaven. I am not going to hell. Well, how can we stand and say that so boldly when we can't say the th same things about our finances? I'm not going to live a life of defeat. I'm going to live a life of victory. I'm going to be blessed and I'm going to be prosperous because the Word of God has promised me that. I'm going to heaven. Why? Because the Word of God has promised me that. And I'll do whatever I have to do to get there. Because yet I can stand and say that boldly, but then I can't say this thing about my finances. Well, you know, I just don't know about that. Well, hey, it's just in the same word, same promises, same God, same Jesus, same Holy Spirit that's going to bring it to pass in your life. You've got to draw the line in the sand and say, listen, I've had enough of this. I mean, I have had enough of this. I'm not taking this anymore. I mean, you've got, to, you've got to get bold about this. You've got to say, hey, this is it. It's almost like you've got to get yourself to the place where you are, you are desperate for God to come through for you. And then just draw the line and stand and say, I'm, I'm, that's it, I'm not having this anymore. I did that one day, driving another road, and I said, that's it. We will not live in lack. We'll not live in poverty. I will find out. If it takes me five years, I'll find out exactly what I have to do based upon the Word of God. But I'm going to get set free. I mean, I'm determined. I'm going to get set free. To round up over here quickly, let's just turn over to chapter 5 of 1 John, verse 14. It says, and this is the confidence, the assurance, and the privilege of boldness. We have a, this is a privilege that we can come boldly to the throne room. This is the confidence, the assurance, and the privilege of boldness that we have in Him. <laughs> that if we ask anything, everybody say anything. 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 Listen to this carefully. That we have in Him, if, that if we ask anything, make any request according to His will. All in agreement with His own plan. He listens to and hears us. If I ask God anything according to His will or in agreement with His plan, what is the will of God concerning our finances? So when I'm asking God for the abundance, I'm asking God according to His will or His plan. That's His plan for us. I can ask God according to His will. Most people don't have because they don't ask. There's a difference between asking and moaning. Some people say, well, I pray every day. No, you don't pray every day. You moan every day. <laughs> when you pray, you come from a standpoint of faith and the Word and the assurance and, and the know. I know that I know that I know. But when you moan and groan, you don't do that. He listens to and hears us. If we ask according to His will, He listens to and hears us. That means if I ask God something that's not in line with the Word, He doesn't even hear me. The Bible says he listens to and he hears me. Verse 15 says, And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, listen to this carefully, we also know that we have granted us as our present possessions the request made of him. Now this might get a little deep over here, but listen to this really carefully. I ask God according to his will. He hears me and he listens to me. 
And because I'm asking him according to his will and I know that he's hearing me, he will give that to me as my present possession. The thing that I ask him for. Whether I see it in the natural or not, I already have it. Whether I see it in the natural or not, I already have it. Why? Because I've asked him according to his will. And I know that he hurt me. And I know what his plan is for my life because I found it in the word. And I've asked him according to that word. And the Bible says, because I know that he's hurt me, he will give me that as my present possession. When does he give it to me? Now. Salvation is now. Faith is now. I believe this when you pray and you ask God according to His will. I believe God gives it to you right away. It's, it's in the realm of the Spirit. The provision is there for you. It depends on how you walk through. It depends on your actions. It depends on what you're doing with the Word of God. It depends on your faith. It depends on your faithfulness. If you don't know Jesus and need to rededicate your life right now, Pray this prayer with me. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess right now that Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Take out the hardened heart and give me a heart of flesh. Change me, Lord. Let me never be the same again. I repent and turn from my ways. I make you Lord of my life right now. Use me, Lord, in these days we are in. I am ready for your coming and always will be. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul and setting me free. Amen. Now, if you pray this prayer, I would love to hear from you. So please email me at revivalpodcasthb at gmail.com. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Messages of Revival Podcast. For more, subscribe to Messages of Revival Podcast on Anchor, Google Podcast, and iTunes. And share this podcast with somebody that needs to be uplifted and blessed. God bless you.